Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. So on Wednesday night service this week at six, right here in in the I about said in the gym. That would okay, maybe I'm prophesying. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But <laughs> right here in the sanctuary. So to join us if you're able to. Amen. Amen. Are you guys ready to hear what God has for you this morning? Can, more than what he's already shared? Amen. It's going to be a great service. It's going to be a great message. Just, don't you start that over and take my, take my blessing of you out. So let's, let's give it up. <laughs> about said for America's favorite fighting Frenchman, Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. If you need a new uh, song to add to your worship playlist, that song we sang, the last one is called Where I Belong. It's by Corey Asbury. Came out years ago. Years ago. Mm, 2010, I think. Whenever I met you. Yeah, 2010. We'll say that. 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. <clears throat> but as we were singing that chorus, I just, as I, I just felt power. Just, you know, if you ever... Uh, you ever had a good night's rest? I, it's been a while for me. It's been a while. But you ever had? You ever just had a good night's rest, or you know, you had a a good meal? There we go. You ever had just that good meal when you get done? You're like, man. Or you ever got a, a good compliment from from somebody you didn't even expect it, and when you know you walk away, you're like, man, I, f- I feel like a I can take on the world. As we were singing that, finally found where I belong. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, as, as we're singing that, my mind, because, you know, my mind works in many directions, I explained it to, uh, explained it to the, the students down there, and even in Virginia, I said the best way to, uh, to understand Lindsay's mind is think of a racetrack, we'll say Nashville Speedway, think of Nashville Speedway, and uh, you got all, all my thoughts are individual cars, and the monster truck is food, so the, you know, the food is the monster truck, it's not a race car, it's a, so whatever car is in the lead, that's whatever thought is in the lead of my mind. So as we're sinking, you know, all the different thoughts, they're lined up and they're driving along, and the thought just comes to my mind of my life and all the different things that I've tried to fit myself within. All the people that I've tried to get along with, all the, all the different, you know, things that I put on the shelf in order to try to compromise, and the emptiness that I felt from that. And as I'm singing, Falling flower, I belong in your presence. Falling flower, I belong. And I'm like, man, it's to be with you. I'm like, Lord, no matter what, in your presence, that's where I'm home. In your presence, that's where I'm safe. That's where I'm comfortable. That's why in your presence is where I can kick my, my shoes off. And isn't it interesting because last Sunday, how we just flowed with the Holy Spirit. And do we remember what the Holy Spirit kept saying last Sunday? Become comfortable in the presence of God. I forgot all about that. And here we are Sunday, what we're about to talk about and what we saying earlier, but being comfortable in the presence of God. At home, you, at home ladies, you, you take the makeup off. You know, you put the earrings up. You you, you take off the good clothes and you put on the baggy clothes, the clothes you don't want nobody to see you out about here. You know, when I, when I got off work, I put on my comfortable clothes. Why? Because we're at home. At home, you have no agenda to impress somebody. At home, you're your truest self, <laughs> externally at least. Maybe some of y'all internally, I don't know. But externally, you, you're your truest self. And what God is saying is, listen, in his presence, 
we can be our truest self. He knows your truest self. He knows your truest self more than you know it. Amen. You think your truest self is this, 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 but it's, it's, it's so much more. So much more. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. <clears throat> so because since we prayed for the students and the, the children, the, you know, I, I want to stay with that theme. And today I want to talk about becoming like a child. Becoming like a child. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 18. We'll be in the Passion Translation, Matthew chapter 18. We'll do verses 1 through 4. Try to be very brief. Don't know what's going to happen. It's 11, 16. We're going we're gonna to try and make it happen. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for today, God. Thank you for what you've already done, what you are doing. Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I thank you for echoing through me. Lord, I thank you. I am your conduit. Lord, we receive what you have for us today. Only what you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. <clears throat> In Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, starting with verse, uh, we'll, st we'll read verse 1 and pause for a minute. Um, says verse 1, Jesus, at, the t at that time, the disciples came to ask Jesus, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Now in the, uh, in the uh, what is it, in the GLM translation, you know, the George Lindsay Melton Jr. translation, uh, <laughs> Miranda was like, what? I've, I've never, is that, is that new? Oh, no. It's been around since 89, you know. <laughs> it's been around since 89, you know. Is it, you know, it's not on every shelf. You know, it's okay. You, you might be able to check it out at the Everhorn Library. Plug, you know, plug. Or the Kaywood Library, because bless, bless Kellen's heart. I, f I feel bad, because every time he talks about Kaywood, I just overwhelm the conversation. I'm like, hey, did you see this? Did you see da 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 da? He's like, I don't know. I don't. Did you see Daddy's picture on the wall when he was eating lunch? Go look for it, son. Like, what are you doing? Go find my picture. <laughs> yes. You know, did you go to the big library? Oh, they didn't have cheetah books. Don't worry about the cheetah books. Go to the big library and play on the computers, you know. <laughs> so I don't know if they have all that. But, uh, but I, I love, in, in my own translation, when I read this verse, I picture the disciples. They're all, they're all you know, hanging around, da-da-da. And it's so funny because I wrote this to the disciples. They were debating among themselves who was the goat when it came to the, in the kingdom of heaven. Who's the greatest of all time in the kingdom of heaven? And isn't it interesting that they decided to go to the lamb and ask the lamb who was the goat in the kingdom of heaven? In the GLM Junior translation, that's how that verse reads. But why does it matter? Why does, why does it matter to them the fact that they want to know who's going to be the greatest in heaven? The reason why it matters is because we as humans are obsessed with status. As human beings, we are obsessed with our status, our self-worth. Our net worth. You know, what, what, how, do, how does people see me? How do people see me? How do people perceive me? How do, I, how do I look? You know, when you walk by a mirror, do you just keep walking? Or are you like, oh, you know, okay, okay. Yeah, we good, we good. I remember when we lived in Bristol, uh, Pastor Dell, he would always make fun of <laughs> He would always make fun of his oldest daughter because he said, no matter, no matter if there is a, if, if you could see your reflection and she was going to be there checking and she did it, checking her hair and all this other stuff. And we all laughed. And sure enough, yeah, we'd be cleaning the windows. And I'm like, okay, okay. Why is that? Because as human beings, we are, we are obsessed with status. And Jesus answers their obsession with this response in verse 2 and 3. He says this, <clears throat> Jesus called a little one to his side and said to them, 
Verse 3, watch this. Learn this well. Somebody say well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. So I love verse 3 because Jesus said, we are to become like children. Somebody say children. children. See, this type of transformation, it's a dramatical change. It's a dramatic change. It's a dramatic change. That's why Jesus said, hey, this dramatic change, this type of uh, transformation, it's going to change you dramatically. Why is that? Because children are vastly different than us adults. Vastly different than us adults. We're going to go over some, some ways of how they are vastly different than us. But number one, children see our world as big. But adults, we see this world as small. Children, they see this great big blue marble as as adults, we see it as small. You know, when you, when, you, when you link up with somebody you ain't seen in a while or, or find out, you know, you go somewhere and they, they know where you're from or know, y'all find out you have, you know, similar friends or mutual friends, what do we say? Small world. I remember last, uh, not last year, the year before, uh, we, our church, uh, Relevant Church was doing a fall festival and I'm working the bounce house. See, I don't know if you knew this, but I this, I've been this way for the longest. I think uh, yeah, for the longest. But whenever I had to volunteer for a position, I try to find the easiest one. I remember in, in school, mom would get so mad because when it come time to for a party, you know, everybody sign up for stuff to bring. What did I sign up for? Plates, plates, paper towels, plastic cups. Mom be like, Lindsay, do you not want everybody in my cup? Oh no, no, you you cook real good, mom. But why you gotta do all that? We just raise the plates. Let somebody else do all the work. You know, I've always been about let others do the work, and we just we just benefit off of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then especially when I had to start paying for it, oh, you best believe. And the Lord was so merciful around when I had to start paying for that. That's when he introduced Dollar Tree to Lexington. I was like, God, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. So I remember in school we have those parties, uh, you know, especially Spanish class. We do a, you know, do a uh, fiesta. I remember that. We do fiesta. And she'd be like, clase, you know, and she'd say it in Spanish. I don't know the whole sentence, but what she said, translation, go ahead and sign up on the board. What you going to bring? And I run up there and everybody's, you know, like, oh, what you going to bring? I'm like, plates, <laughs> cups. <laughs> oh, what we going? You know, my boy Will, he'd be like, what else we going to bring? So you can bring the coloring, you know, but I got the plates and cups. All right. But um, I love this because, um, you know, so I said <laughs> I've always been this way. So I remember at this fall festival, you know, I volunteered to do the bounce house. And I'm like, you know, then all I got to do is just stand there and then every three kids got to stop them, you know, set a timer for a minute. All right, you out. Okay, cool. I can do that. And I remember something that happened to where the bounce house, like it deflated. They was having, oh, breaker, uh, breaker tripped. So it was having to try to work all that. So the bounce house was temporarily closed. So, you know, all right, so now it's time, you know, just standing here, you know, looking at these parents and stuff. So there's one guy standing beside me, so I just do some small talk. And I'm like, hey, how are you? You know, we get to talking, da, da, da. I said, well, I said, oh, what brings you here? You know, because I'm like, I got to do my job and figure out, you know, so we can know how to market this next year. He said, oh, we're out of towners. I said, oh, okay, cool. Where are you from, Tennessee? Oh, <laughs> you from Tennessee? Where are you from, brother? And he said, uh, well, you never heard of a small town in West Tennessee. I said, oh, you know, and if we could, if it was a movie, you would see like that that part of the scene go black and white, and me step out into the fourth wall and be like, "Watch this, people!" And then come back into. The, I'm like, "West Tennessee, try me, man. Where are you from?" He said, "Little town called Lexington." I said, "No, you ain't." He said, "Yes, sir. I said, "No, you ain't." I'm from Lexington. No, you ain't, man. I'm from. I said, I, he said, "Prove it." I said, "I said my daddy worked for Johnson Controls, not called Johnson Control anymore." He said, 
Oh yeah, well I used to uh, we used to shop at uh, Harold's Grid, uh, Harold Grid's Bit Star. I was like, I went to Kwood when it was K through eighth. He said, You went to K when it was K through. I went to K I was like, What? <laughs> and we start going back and forth. We're trading things, and it's so funny because we're mentioning all the things that were, not the current things. Because if you're from Lexington, then you know all the old things. And we and out of that whole out of that whole moment, our our mutual response was, What a small world. Why? Because as adults, we see this world as small. But children, they see this as, whoa, what a big world. And Jesus said that we are to become like children. We see this world as small. Or, yeah, we see this world as small as children. They see this world as big. Because children see this world as big, their perspective is what fuels them to be in a, number two, always state of learning mode. Or what I like to call Sponge mode. Somebody say sponge mode. So he, these are some reminders. We're becoming youth, youth service just for a minute. Now you can take these, you can set them on your shelf, and you can clean whatever you need to clean. I, you know, I ain't going to force you to clean. But if you need to clean, you go ahead and clean. I don't know what color you want. <laughs> but sponge mode. And kids, they are always in sponge mode. What does a sponge do? Does anybody know what a sponge does? It does. It absorbs. Oh, you got yellow. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Look how that worked out. See, when, I, when, when we were youth pastors, one of the things that we would do, we would always give takeaways to help the kids uh, remember the sermon. Now, if I had more time, I would have wrote on there, Matthew 18, 1 through 4. You could take a Sharpie and write that if you want to. If you're going to put it on the shelf, if not, you're like, no, let's, I'm going to use this. Okay, cool. But kids, they are always in sponge mode. And like Kelsey said, a sponge absorbs everything around it. You put the sponge in something, it's going to absorb all that it's been placed in. Children, they, for 24-7, they are soaking in everything they see, hear, feel, taste, and smell. Children, they take the word of a parent or grown-up as gold. Children, they take the word of a parent or grown-up as the end-all, be-all. Watch this, without requiring proof. Without requiring proof. A child doesn't require proof in order to believe the word of their father or mother, teacher or other grown-ups. But unlike us, adults, we, we, need, we, we fat-checked everything and everybody. You know, we, it doesn't matter. that We can learn about being in the circle dance with the Father. We can learn about being in union with Jesus. We can learn how Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. But at the end of the day, when he promises us something, we're saying, well, Lord, if that's you, then do this or do that. Lord, if that's you, really, well, ask me to come out on the water. If we, I mean, really, if we, if we can knock Peter in the head and be like, Peter, who else you know is out there walking on water? Of course that's Jesus. But we just focus on, oh, man, Peter's walking on the water versus focusing on, in that moment, brother, you didn't really weigh out the options too good. Last time I checked, I don't have any friends I went to school with that was able to walk on water. So if I'm out there on the boat, which was said last week or the week before, it ain't happening. But if I was out there on the boat and I saw this guy walking, I'm like, y'all believe in Jesus? Because that's him. <laughs> Reggie ain't doing that. Andrew wouldn't do that. DJ, I did, I did go to school with Reggie. So it's not just, we like, we like to do this game of where we randomly give people names. It makes the, makes the day go by faster. But, <laughs> but none, of, none of our friends are out there and still Peter's like, if that's you, then 
Why? Because as adults, we, it's not enough for just to believe the word of God, but we, for some reason, we fleece God. Why? Because we don't fully believe in him. We fleece him and say, well, Lord, if that's you, then I need you to do this or do that. Lord, if you're really telling me to do this, if you're really asking me to go to that city, if you're really asking me to join this relationship or not join in this relationship, if you're really asking me to pay for their meal, then I need, I need a sign. Lord, give me a sign. We say that all the time through our actions or through our words. But still, children, they don't have to do this. They believe the word of their father or the word of their mother or the word of a grown-up that they trust. They believe it as gold. Amen? And Jesus says that we are to be like children. We are to be like that. David said it best in Psalms 119, verse 33 and 34. I want to read the New Living Translation, then the, then the, uh, the mirror. <clears throat> He said this, teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Watch 34. Watch this. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. That's great. Now watch if we pray this, the message, the message says it most really beautifully, but it says this, God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Hmm. That should be our prayer. Lord, teach me. When you, Lindsay, I don't know what to pray, then open your Bible, pull up Psalms 119, verse 33 and 34, and pray this every day. God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. I like that, so I can stay the course. Does anybody want to stay the course? Amen. I want to stay the course. Verse 34, give me insight so I can do what you tell me my whole life. One long, obedient response. Isn't that powerful? My whole life, let my whole life be one long, obedient response. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me to do. This is what we should be praying. Let this be your prayer. Let this be your prayer. Amen. Amen. So the reason us adults don't live on sponge mode is because of our own self-sufficiency. The reason that we struggle being a sponge is because we depend on ourselves way too much, way too much. Our self-sufficiency is the reason that we struggle being a, a sponge. Adults are too self-sufficient. We are less dependent of Jesus and more dependent on our strength, our IQ, our past experiences, our traditions, our upbringing, what we bring to the table, what we know, what we've seen, what we hear, feel, taste. We are more dependent on, on what's in front of us than dependent on Jesus himself. Amen. We're more dependent on uh, the opinions of our peers. We're more dependent on our, our bank account. We're more dependent on, watch this, our status. Why? Because we are obsessed with our status. That's why the disciples were debating, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Why? Because even though they were following Jesus, even though they were seeing the miracle, still a part of them was dependent on their status. A part of them was still wrestling with self-sufficiency. Now, I'm not saying that you need to depend on it, uh, that you need to uh, uh, depend on everybody in the room. And, you know, if you, you can't eat without somebody feeding you. You can't get dressed without checking to see what everybody else is wearing. No, please feed yourself, brush your own teeth, clothe your own self. You don't, you don't, you know, whoever gets up first in the morning and pits the color, you know, they wore it first. You just you just copying, you know, if you if y'all just ironically match. I'm just saying that's the way it works. So, Dre, I, I wore it first. I'm just saying. <clears throat> I'm joking. But that's why the disciples were uh, debating on who's going to be the grace in heaven. Why? Because we are obsessed with status. But we adults are so self-sufficient. 
We're so sufficient, self-sufficient that, to the point that when, we, when, we, uh, when, when, when problems arise, we worry or we get anxious or we get stressed or we get overwhelmed or we get depressed, we get miserable. You know, the list goes on and on because our self-sufficiency in those moments, we will sit, stew, and complain. We will sit in, a, we will sit in our problems. We'll stew in them. We'll complain about our problems. But the one thing we won't do, we won't cast them on the one who's asked for them. You know, last time I checked, I don't, I don't have any friends in my contact list that said, Lindsay, just give me all your problems. Anybody got, anybody got a friend like that that's just like, give, give, just give them all here. With a smile, too. Do they say it with a smile? Just, Drea, give me all your problems, Drea. Just give them here. Miranda, just give it, just, just throw them over here. Throw them over here. Shoot, just shoot them, shoot them from the spot. Shoot them from the parlor. Shoot them. No. We don't, we don't have one, you don't know one person on this earth that is saying, give me all your problems. And they're not saying it with a smile. You might have some friends that say, hey, I'm here for you. You know, but we even know even, even that has a, a limit Hey, you know, if you need me, just call me, you know, and then, but then you got to worry, okay, well, they're going to, you know, what, what's the time limit, you know, is it all, is it 24-7, I mean, is there a hot light, I mean, what's, what's going on, like, if the hot light's on, now I could call you, the hot light's not on, then I, you know, I can't touch you or call you, but Jesus says, cast your cares upon who? Him. And that, 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 that phrase is, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. He didn't say, cast some of your cares. He didn't say in moments of distress or moments of, he didn't say on a Friday when everything's good, cast your cares. He didn't say only on Mondays, cast your cares. No, he said, cast your cares upon me. It's, he, left it, he left it open for you. Cast your cares. And unfortunately, as self-sufficient adults, we will sit, we will stew, and we'll complain. Instead, uh, and we won't cast our cares. Instead, we will wrap them up and we'll carry them with us until we can resolve them on our own. We'll take our problems with us. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that. We will, we will carry, instead of casting our cares, we will carry our problems with us until we can figure out how to resolve it. However, children, you know what children do when a problem arises? Ah! They just start crying. They cry out. And as I can tell you, as a parent, it's not fun. It's not a, it's not a sound where I'm like, oh, they're crying for dad out. Oh. It's like, oh, my God, what now? <laughs> but kids, when they, when children, I, and I've, I purposely wrote in my notes children because I have, uh, I have one son who every time I say kid, he says, Dad, kids are baby goats. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, child, <laughs> my child, <laughs> I will squash you. <laughs> oh, me. But children, they cry out when problems arise. Daddy, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm thirsty. Daddy, he hit me. Daddy, he pushed me. Daddy, Drea scared me. Daddy, he scratched me. And even now with Cohen, da-da. Oh, da-da. Da-da. Why? Because they recognize that there is a problem in their life, and they're going to the source who can resolve it. Children already, they understand who can resolve their problems. But as adults, we have to, we got to, no, 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 we need to, we, we need to break it down. Is, is this what you really meant? Is, is, well, you know, I, I think that, you know, well, if we can talk it out and, and, and discuss and maybe come up with our own, you know, uh, path of success on how we can get past this. Children, no, children aren't interested in all that. 
They see a problem happen or a problem occur or an offense happen to them or, or something that, were, uh, that remains in their body that they won't resolve. They cry out to their parent or cry out to a grown-up they trust or cry out. And Jesus said, if we're going to be, if we're going to, uh, if we're going to follow him, if we're going to exist in the kingdom, then we have to have that mindset. Amen. See, when we adults can't sleep, we do everything but seek the presence of our Heavenly Father. When we can't sleep, we'll, we'll turn on the TV. We'll, we'll do all these different things. But children, I can tell you right now, when the boys can't sleep, they, they, they don't. Father, oh, Father, is thou sleepest? Is thou still? Oh, you're asleep. Okay. No. Here, <laughs> dragging the bunny and the pillow. Why? Because they know that, listen. I'm a, this is going to get resolved. My current state is going to get resolved by me being in the bed with you. And they don't, they don't ask. It's just, <sighs> Cohen sleeps with us. Why? Because he knows, even as a baby, he knows that the crib ain't enough. He's got to be in the middle of mommy and daddy. And he is at peace. You remember as a child when you couldn't sleep, what did you do? You Go to mom and daddy's room. You didn't, for most, if you did, then uh, we could talk about it later, but I'm pretty sure you didn't go up and, mother, mother, thou was mother, thou was father, as thou sleepest. Oh, you are? I'm, I do apologize. I will return to my quarters. You did not do that. You did not do that. <laughs> I mean, a show of hands, did anybody do that? No. Yeah. <laughs> If you couldn't sleep, you I can't sleep. I got a bad dream. I gotta go potty. That's my favorite. They come in, I gotta go potty. Well, go potty. <laughs> Don't wake me up. Just go do it. <laughs> That's why we trained you, man. <laughs> we trained you for these moments. <laughs> you have a particular set of skills <laughs> that is enabling you to go to the bathroom without announcing it and disrupting daddy's sleep. Go do it, man. <laughs> This is what I'm thinking, all right? I'm just, I'm just letting, letting you know. Let it be known, all right, to the church, to the house of God. <laughs> no, bless it. <laughs> but children know they run to the source. But us adults, we got to debate it. We got to figure out, okay, well, I can't sleep, so, you know, I'm just, I'm going to eat a little something, then I'll take some medicine, or I'm going to just watch the TV until I fall asleep, or I'm going to just, I'm going to go work, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. Why? Because for some reason, we are so self-dependent on ourselves that Jesus is like, hey, I, what you need is rest. Here in your presence, God, I find my rest. You know what a rest, you know what rest means? It means a cease of all things, cease of activities. And Jesus literally said that if you are seeking rest, I have it. I have it. I have the very thing that your body is needing. But still our minds are like, no, 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 I got it. I'm good. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to resolve it. And that's why Jesus said that the kingdom is full of people that, are, that have become like children. That have become like children. Somebody say like children. Because understand this, children, when they can't sleep, they bust the door. Like I said, they bust the door to their parents' room. Why? Because they know in the presence of their parents or the person that they trust, they know that they are safe. They know that they belong with the one from which they came from. They know that. Do you know that? 
That's why we sang that early. Finally found where I belong, yeah. Finally found where I belong, it's your presence. Finally found where I belong, it's to be with you. I encourage you at work tomorrow. When, 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 when moments are unideal, finally found where I belong. You mess, you, you know, you, you putting the plate down for them kids. You finally found where I belong, your presence. You get ready to go pay that bill. Finally found where I belong. To be with you, you get ready to pump that gas, and you look at the price. Finally found where I belong. To be with you. And I mean, if you got to get intense with the I am my beloved, and he is mine. Come into your garden and take the light in me. Take the light in me. And what's going to happen is, as you sing that bridge part over and over, what's going to happen? You may go from a, you know, take the light in me over and over, and next thing you know, you're going to be like, take the light in me, take the light in me, delight in me. People are going to look at you, man, what is going on? Delight in me. Delight in me, delight. So you, you can't say delight in me and, and be bitter about it because it's, it's an oxymoron. You can't be delight in me. <clears throat> Why? Because there's going to be something that arises in you that your spirit man is going to take over and that conduit is going to open up and the spirit, the, the, the freedom that exists in heaven, the reality of heaven is going to start to flow and shine through you to the point that it exuberates through you. And catches fire around anybody and everybody that's beside you. To the point that, oh man, what? I'm still in the same place, but something feels different. I see this differently. Why? Because I've allowed that heavenly reality to become my reality. Amen? Delight in me. I encourage you this week. I challenge you. Sing that over yourself this morning. To, or not this, just this morning, but sing that over yourself until it becomes true. Until you believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Amen? Amen. See, in the presence of Almighty Jesus, you are safe. Somebody say safe. safe. You belong in the great dance with the Father, Son, and Spirit. And it's past time that we had set that dramatic way of thinking. It is past time that we had set that dramatic way of thinking. Listen to this. Jesus instructing us to become like little children is not about immaturity. It's not about us becoming immature. It's actually about us developing a reflex to cry out to Papa. It's about you developing that reflex that allows you to cry out to Papa first, not second, not third, not when things happen and, oh, man, I need to pray. And that's the last thing that you do versus when things happen, the first thing you do is pray. When you don't understand something, the first thing you do is pray. When somebody's mistreating you, the first thing you do is pray. Versus, oh, what'd you say? You know what? You better be glad I'm saved. And then you go pray. No, no, no. You don't give them a response. Immediately you start to pray. Immediately you cry out for Papa. He's our heavenly father. Jesus said to become like little children. What do children do in the moment of calamity, in the moment of chaos, in the moment of confusion? They cry out. Why? Because they know that they do, they have, there's nothing within them that can, uh, that can fit the solution or that can fit the problem. There, there's nothing within them. And watch this, they accept that. For some reason, we as adults, we don't accept that. We don't accept that reality. We're like, oh, no, I, I got I to gotta get better. I got to get faster, stronger, wiser, smarter. No, no, no. Children, they're like, this is who I am, but daddy. 
you know, I loved it the other day, Kellen, me and Kellen's doing something. And I said, you know why, Daddy, you do that? He said, I know, I know, because you're the daddy. I said, that's right. That's always been my response for the most part. It's either one or two things. It's because I love you or it's because I'm the daddy. Daddy, how do you know that? Because I'm the daddy. Daddy's my superpower. I'm the daddy. I know, son. I just know these things. I'm the daddy. To the point that something happened, he's like, I know, because you're the daddy. I'm like, that's right. I was like, and daddy's got your back. You know why? Because you love me. That's right, son. You passed the test. And really, that, that's what it's like for us. Lord how, how, Lord, how do you know me? How do, how do you know me? Because I've known you since the, I, said, I knew you before you was in your mother's womb. Why are, you, why are you doing this? Because I love you unconditionally. Papa, why are you doing this? Because I am the father that Jesus spoke about in Luke 15. I'm the one that will run to the edge of the road. I've said it over and over again, but we still need it. We got to get it. We got to understand I'm the one that will run to the edge of the road and shield you from everything that's being thrown at you. I'm the one that will celebrate you. I'm the one that will uh, give you identification. I'm the one that will restore you and redeem you. I'm the one that will do these things. Why? Because I love you. We used to sing the song when I was kids, because he loved me first. I don't remember the rest of it. I just remember that one line, and it was a banger. It was, oh, my gosh. It was a bop. Dre, you missed it. That was a good time to be alive, that, that, the 90s. You know, you missed it. But we would sing that, and I'd be a little kid. I'd be over there like, he loved me first. Couldn't sing the rest of it because I, I couldn't, I didn't understand. All I knew was he loved me first. Maybe we need to remind ourselves of that. He loved you first. He loved you first. Not because of him thinking, oh, you know what, Miranda's going to be such a, such a unique person. No, no, no. He loved her. Simply because that's who he is, regardless of how unique she was going to become, regardless of how unique you were going to become, regardless of what you could bring to the table. Still, he loved you first. Amen. Amen. He loved you first. Jesus instructing us to become like little children is not about immaturity, but about developing a supernatural reflex of calling out for Papa. It's about developing a supernatural, supernatural reflex of crying out for Papa when we need him. Amen? Amen. So here's the question. Are you going to cry out for Papa when you need him? Or are you going to run to yourself? Are you going to put trust in yourself? Are you going to put stock in yourself? Are you going to put stock in what you bring to the table? Or are you going to surrender and say, OK, you know what? I may think I know how to do this, but God, you know better. We, we, we've sung, I debate, I really wanted to do it this Sunday, but we didn't, but we will do it. As far as one of my favorite songs that we sing is, you know, so much better your way. His way is better. Yes, we said it last week, we said there's the, what is it? There's the bronze and the silver and the gold package. His way is the gold package all day long. And the best thing about his gold package, it doesn't cost you anything. I take that back. It costs you one thing. It costs you to surrender. You just have to surrender. You have to. And and we may say, well, that's nothing. No, it's everything. Because in order to surrender, you have to say, okay, here you go, Lord. I'm 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 going to sit on my hands and trust you. I'm going to trust you. Amen. Let me give you a challenge. When you are tempted to worry and be overwhelmed with weakness, do not hide behind the fig leaves of self-sufficiency. I like, I like that imagery. 
when you're tempted to do things your own way, don't do it. Don't hide behind the fig leaves of you making it happen. See, the fig leaves were Adam and Eve's idea. It wasn't God's idea. Yes, God didn't like the fact that they didn't trust him, that they saw him as someone that he wasn't. But they were embarrassed. They were ashamed of themselves. And they asked, hey, please, don't, don't look at us. Cover us, please. Your self-sufficiency, that's like the fig leaves. That's you trying to cover yourself up. That's you trying to do the work. That's you trying to make it happen. Instead, be like a child, like Jesus said. Instead, be like a child and cry out to Papa. In turn, he will answer by saying, I am here. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. Always. Amen. Amen. Listen to this and we're almost done. Your self-sufficiency is like a leaky tire. Your self-sufficiency is like a leaky tire. It will never be enough to support the weight of your life. And it will never fully, it will never get you to where you are always destined to be. You ever been in a car with the, with the leaky tire? I, the other day, uh, I was, or actually yesterday, I was working. I was working. And, uh, uh, or th- this was actually a couple months back. I remember we was out in the parking lot. Me and my, <laughs> I call him my bestie. I didn't tell you this, Kelsey. I call, I call Randall my bestie just because I know it makes him mad. Because he's, he's old school, so, you know, he's, <laughs> he's always like, I say, Randall, you're my bestie. He's like, we're not, he said, I don't have any friends at work. I come to make my money and go home. <laughs> I'm like, Randall, you're my bestie. So one day I remember me and my bestie were, were outside and we just hear this, this just, and it's getting louder. And I'm like, at that point, I don't know what Randall was doing. I had already opened my car door because I'm about to get back in the car because I don't know what that is. Like, I'm about to get out of here. And uh, as I put my foot in the car, this truck comes around the curve and the way our office is, it's um, down the road, it's this big, long, we're, we're in the middle of two curves. And uh, on the left side, there's this big curve, and all of a sudden this truck comes in, it's pulling the boat, and the boat is missing a tire. So it's, so it's just metal on the road, just sha. And that guy, he didn't care about the leaky tire. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm going fishing today. And uh, the problem was, you know, like wherever he got stopped, like that was it. You know, that leaky tire wasn't enough to get him to where it needed to be. A leaky tire, your self-sufficiency is like a leaky tire. It's, it, it can never support the weight of your life. It can never support, it can never get you to where you're supposed to be in God. What you bring to the table, it's, it's not enough. If it was enough, then Jesus never would have had to gone to the cross. God would have consulted you and be like, okay, well, meet, do this, is this, and you take care of it. No. Children, they recognize this. Children recognize this. The boys, when they, when they get ready to eat, they never go to the cabinet or go to the refrigerator and figure out what they're going to cook. They just do one thing, especially Kenan. Daddy, I'm hungry. Because he knows, hey, this is the current state of who I am. I need you to fix it. And what does his father do? All right, let's eat. Or if it's before dinner time, you know, if it's immature, but you already ate. Or depending on if, your fa- if his father's hungry, be like, hey, shh, come over here, we'll get a snack. Let's go. Shh. I won't. Shh, shh, shh. If you make it known to the whole house, then the whole house has to get in on it. 
But they recognize that, okay, whatever state they're in, their father can fix it. Their father can fix it. I want to read verse 4 real quick. Jesus says this too. <clears throat> and then we're, we're done. He says, whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom. It's the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. One way children are humble is they are not burdened with self-worth. Children are never burdened with self-worth, amen? Children are never burdened with self-worth. See, for an example, if, you know, when you give a kid a gift, birthday gift, you know, we all remember, you know, when you, as a kid, when you get gifts, you give a kid a gift, the response, if they like it, they're throwing the paper around. Can't wait to open it, can't wait to play with it. Depending on how little they are, Keen or Cohen, he'll play with the bots and the paper more than he will the actual toy. Because he's, he's just engrossed with it all. But us as adults, you know, you, you give an adult a gift and they say, thank you, and man, you don't have to get me this. And we think that's great, and we're like, we, we say, it sounds like the right thing to say. And, and it sounds like the right thing to say. But see, as humans, we focus on what we focus on the external things, but Jesus, he goes to the heart of the matter. He understands the reason we say that is because we don't feel deserving of the gift. Kids, they, when you give them a gift, they never, they never wonder, or you never hear them say, am I worthy of this gift, daddy? Am I worthy of this gift, auntie? Am I worthy of this gift? No, thank you. Why? Because they're not, they're not checking. They're not doing an inquiry of their self-worth or what they bring to the table or did they check all the boxes they needed to do in order to receive something. But us adults, we do that all the time. Man, I wasn't perfect yesterday. I don't, God, I don't deserve this. Lord, I don't deserve this. I haven't been consistent. Why? Lord, I don't deserve this. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is filled with people that aren't checking their self-worth every time that aren't spending the days wondering if they check every box, aren't spending the days if they meet every requirement. The kingdom of God is filled with people that have put their trust and confidence in Jesus. See, to become like a child is to put your trust and confidence in your Father, your Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, amen? Your Heavenly Father. Children, they don't think about it. They deserve a gift. They just trust in the goodness of their father and mother. They just trust in the goodness of the giver. They just trust in the goodness of the gift giver. I'm gonna say that one more time. Children, they don't think about if they deserve a gift. They just, they just trust in the goodness of the gift giver. And this is what heaven is full of. People that put their trust in the gift giver. People that put their trust in the gift giver. People that put their trust in the gift giver. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest in heaven's realm. Is the greatest. And see, this is the opposite of the world because the world encourages us to be independent and, and self and self-dependent on ourselves. And you know, you you be you boss up, you don't rely on anybody, you don't need to co-sign and da-da-da-da. When Jesus is saying, Hey, yes, I don't want you to put the put your stock and trust in the in, in the opinions of your peers but I do want you to become dependent in me I want you to rely in me 
not because God is in heaven and he he's so not because God is a narcissistic God and he requires all things to come to himself no because God is loving he loves us so much that he knows what we need he has it he knows how to get it and he knows the safest way possible to get it to us and when he's saying put your trust in me why because I can I, I, at, I am the end of your searching we said it last week when we read it. He is the end of our searching. David said, the one thing I desire of all things is to be with you, to be in your house. And we sung it today. Where we belong is in his presence. Well, watch this. His presence is mobile. So therefore, you, do, you don't just have to wait to get in the church on Sundays or Wednesdays to belong in his presence. You can belong in his presence at home. You can belong in his presence when you have everybody saying, shouting your name or when nobody is talking to you. You can belong in his presence. You can belong. You can belong. You can belong. Jesus said, become like children. Become like children. Live on, live on a sponge mode where you are constantly absorbing everything that he says to you. We said it Wednesday night, but even in those moments where you don't have anything to do, don't pull the phone out and start endlessly scrolling. No, no, no. Say, Lord. Show me the Father. Lord, show me the Father. Lord, show me more about myself. Show me who you've created me to be. Lord, show me my future. Lord, teach me. David said, teach me your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. How humble are we enough to say, okay, Lord, teach me. Teach me, God. Teach me the things I don't know. That's one of the things I love saying to the Lord. Lord, teach me what I don't know. Lord, teach me how to be a better dad. Teach me how to be a better spouse. Teach me how to be a better employee. Teach me how to be a better brother. Teach me how to be a better pastor. Lord, teach, you, you, Lord, teach me, and then you fill in the blank. What is it you desire? Okay, well, Lord, teach me it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I encourage you this week, allow the Lord to bring you back to childhood. That childlike faith. Not saying you need to go back, I'm not saying go back and start eating junk food and playing video games all night, all day, watching cartoons, I saying all that. But when Jesus said, be like a child, have childlike faith, he was saying develop that reflex to where you run to Papa first. Amen.